Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, that is us. Good evening, everybody. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Steve DeSager, Arnie Spanier, in for the guys, Jason Smith, and his best friend, Mike Harmon, on this Tuesday night. Bernie Frato, by the way, going to join us at about 20 past the hour. All right. Give you the latest on what's going on with the A's. Got some baseball stuff to get to with him. Uh, what's going on in Vegas with the gambling um, and some of the odds uh, in the uh, NBA and NHL Stanley Cup. Real quick, you know, we we're having some fun with unbreakable records. I found a few more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Just probably- baseball? No, they're all, all, all different sports. Okay. Like in the NFL, the Chicago Bears had six ties in one season. So, <laughs> well, that's probably not going to happen. I don't care were, how much they shorten yeah, overtime. They were 7-1-6 that year. 
So uh, I certainly That's don't astounding. see that heavy. Of course, mentioned- people don't realize that it wasn't until about 50 years ago that they even had overtime in right, the pros. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned uh, Cy Young. Uh, 749 career complete games. Oh, that that hurts just thinking about that. You can and never, over 500 wins. Yeah, that uh, nobody's ever going to go ahead and get that, right? I mean, that's no. Your arm would have to. Fall They're not going to get half of that. that. And you mentioned the Ricky Henderson with the career stolen bases. It's almost 1,500 steals. Well, who the heck's going to get that? Right. Who? I mean, very few people are even going to get a thousand. Who's going to steal a hundred like he did in one uh, season? I got one for golf. Since we're talking about the PGA and the Live Tour, um, S- Tiger Woods. 683 weeks at world number one. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's what, 13 years or something like that? Total. Jeez. That's astounding. Well, what about like John Wooden seven titles in a row and Bill Russell eight titles in I'll a row? I'll give you a basketball and UConn women's 111 game win streak. I seriously wow. doubt we'll see that, right? Wow. Well, except for Oklahoma softball, what are they? Well, they lost the game, though. They lost one. So. Yeah, they've lost one this whole year, but they've won what fifty-one in a row since. Could yeah, be fifty-three by the time they win the title in the not, next week. Not too shabby. Um, I'm trying to find out. Ricky Henderson had one thousand four hundred and six stolen bases. They say the only person maybe close to will be Jose Reyes may end up with a thousand when it's all said and done. And then he'll still be 400-plus short. Well, Will Chamberlain yeah. averaged 50 points a game for a whole yes. season. Yes. Not a 50-point game that he broke out. Literally no. averaged for the whole year 50 points a yeah, game. Yeah, but he was playing against, what, podiatrists and you know, yeah. pharmacists Don't keep repeating like that. that. People think that just because you repeat it, it makes it the truth. <laughs> well, they're Hall of Famers that he was playing with and against. It's all relative. I mean, the Hall of Famers back then. I think I was playing in a game back then. I yeah, the, well, the lane was skinnier if you see the old footage, right? You could you could stand around the basket a little easier. There's a reason they call it the key is because it used to be shaped like a key on the on the uh, floor, right. and now it's you know very wide and it's harder to rebound a miss free throw. And all of that has changed around the lane. Remember that the trapezoid style international lane that they'd had for years it wasn't like that in the Bill Russell Wilt days. So that's for sure. You know, I pulled up a website to look at some unbreakable records. Did I get the Hack Wilson one wrong? Isn't it 181? Yeah, isn't it RBIs in a year? Yeah, they have 191 on this website. It's 181, I thought, uh, for Hack Wilson. And they played fewer games in a season yes, back then. Yes, I don't know how many it was back then, but it was a little bit less. No doubt about oh, that. So it was 191. It was 190. You mean all this time I was wrong about yeah. that? It is in, in 155 games played. Wow. And he had about 160 RBIs the year before, also for the Cubs. This is 1930 we're talking about. We're gone almost 100 years, and it hasn't been broken yet. I think we could go 100 more on that one. All right, so tell us a record that you don't think will ever be broken or one that you would love to see broken um, at Stinking Genius 1, and go ahead and send that in. You know, I'm not saying I would... I would like to see Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak get broken. I think that'd be a lot of attention to baseball. I think people would get into sure. it. Sure. That would Depending be great. who it is. Like if Shohei Otani was doing it, that'd be fantastic. Well, you know? remember all the excitement with Sosa versus McGuire, and it was a yes. daily thing, and it was also often two different ballparks. 
I know Barry Bonds got some excitement for his home run chase as well. There was one record he said, I don't ever want to see broken, and that was the intentional walks, well over 100 in one season. It's not because I have anything for or against any player in that regard. I just, as a fan of the sport, don't want to see that many intentional walks. Well, I, I think he had, what, a couple of intentional walks with the bases loaded, which you never yes. see. Yes, yeah. They That's thought it would be like his power on display if you actually pitched to him, so they gave up a run rather than pitch to him with bases loaded. Crazy. Absolutely unbelievable. Right, uh, of course, the big news today, we start off talking about the on the show with this, so if you didn't uh, join us to start the show off, shame on you. But the PGA and now Live Golf uh, under one entity, one umbrella. Um, they're going to go ahead, and that's going to be what next year, right? The Sega, that's yeah. going to go and start it They up. still have to finish out this season for golfers, and they have to now these three organizations together, the European Tour, the DP Tour, is, is part of this consolidation. They have to establish a process for the golfers who need to reapply for PGA membership after this season. You know, I asked you earlier, I don't know if you really gave me a good answer on this, but what is going to happen when they play that first tour together and it's the PGA and the Live? By the way, can the PGA, uh, the Live guys come back now? Um, is it open? Is the next tour open for everybody or no, it's not? Um, I would say they would finish their season even though today's agreement ends all the litigation. It was actual physical golfers that were suing the PGA, not right. just live golf in the lawsuit. So what, what's going to happen the first time these guys get together? How much animosity is there going to be? And um, I would love to see if, if anybody's going to report The one on thing them, that might help the players is that the animosity is certainly going to be turned toward the PGA commissioner, Jay Monahan? because he's done such an about-face quickly on his stance now that all the Saudi money is going to be pumped into his product. All this time, he scolded, and I think that's the proper verb, golfers for even thinking of leaving the storied PGA Tour and taking the money with the Saudis, and now that's exactly what he did. I think he is chief villain and has usurped anything that happened in the past couple and, of years. And what turned it around? I mean, he had to have seen the writing on the wall. He saw that these, you know, the lawsuit was going to go ahead and drain a lot of money out there. Multiple lawsuits. Um, you know, some people on the PGA think that they could have hanged on, uh, hung on. They would have, you know, pretty much ended LIV. They would have destroyed it to live golf because they were beating them, I believe, in court and on on the course. But here in it, California, just the last week, the PGA said, "Please, motion to dismiss." No, <laughs> denied. So they weren't actually winning all the steps in the court cases. They're happy to get rid of it. No, the money must have been just oh, just a waste of that. I mean, how much money was just being wasted on that lawsuit just churning over yeah, and dollar would have after been. dollar. It would have continued, and, and the Saudis would have won that because they had more money in their bag than any other sport has in theirs, and that includes the PGA Tour. Don't you think this like re-energizes now golf and more people than ever are going to tune in once they, they combine? It or should. Uh, once the negativity of it all blows over, it should re-energize the sport because... Live Golf existing has forced the PGA Tour to rethink how it operates and actually, oh, I don't know, think about the players and the fans and not just themselves and, hey, we've always done it this way. I think this could be very good for the sport and you'll get all the best golfers in most of the same events and you'll be having these featured events, not majors, but ones where you offer so much more you get full fields of stars. You know, everybody keeps talking about, oh, Tiger Woods, he was offered $800 million. Rory McIlroy, $500 million. I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel a little bit bad for them, but I'm not outraged like everybody else is because 
They've made a, a boatload of money, have they not? Sure. I mean, yes, that's a lot of money to pass on by. But it's not like they're living on food stamps or anything like that. <laughs> no, Sager, I, you know? I feel bad for a guy like Rory McIlroy because he was one of the voices of the PGA Tour right. stars that right. stayed. And he was saying the types of things that the PGA commissioner was saying. And now the PGA commissioner has completely done, if Mike Harmon was here, pro wrestling fan that he is, he would have said, this is the ultimate heel turn. Suddenly, <laughs> the commission gets in the ring, and he's not who you thought he was. No, he, uh, the Saudi money is great. It's going to pump up our game. We're going to join with them. We have a whole new organization and a new board of directors. And guess who's chairman of it? The guy who runs the Saudi fund. The guy I've been bad-mouthing for the last two years. Yeah, that's the guy I shook hands with and did the interview with today to announce all this. Is anybody going to be outspoken about this from the PGA Tour? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like going on radio and TV and just attacking Monaghan and all that, or no? Because, you know, there are these pre-tournament, forget after every round, pre-tournament press conferences. The U.S. Open is coming up at the L.A. Country Club literally in the next week or two. This is going to be massive news over the next week or two, not just today. And again, we have to wait though until uh, next season, though, till this thing starts up. This yeah, season. they haven't even hammered out details of how this go. I thought you brought up a good point. Are we going to see any three round tournaments now that the PGA is going to be combining in the future with Live Golf? That's valid. I also think it's possible that we have some of that team competition. For those who aren't aware, the winner of a Live Golf tournament, yeah, he gets millions, but they also have groups of four teams playing through the weekend your score counts as your score for your team whoever has the best team score for the weekend gets bonus money it's another way to play the same holes you don't have to play double the 18 holes each day but you can kind of double the cash in a sense and and on what what is it thursday through saturday they still have it finishing on sunday friday through sunday if they did three days Nah, Sunday's a good TV day. Sunday. Yeah, yeah PGA be, yeah. gets good ratings on Sunday. In fact, you'd be surprised how even without Tiger, it's still outdoing most sports well, on Sundays. If you go to three days, doesn't it make the leaderboard a lot more crowded? And then it gives some of the people like Tiger a yeah. little bit more of a chance to be up there on the leaderboard. And the you know? thing that Live Golf does with its three-day weekend events is there's no cut. If you wanted to see Phil Mickelson golf, even if he's truly awful all three days, he's golfing all three days. Nobody's going anywhere. There's no cut. And Phil Mickelson at a recent Live Golf event finished 44th out of 45 golfers. The fields have not been as large in Live Golf as the PGA has. And the number of stars in Live Golf hasn't been as much. And yeah, but clearly the lose, coverage not there. Aren't you losing out on advertising if you don't give a fourth day, if you don't have that first day on a Thursday, all that, missing yeah, out on all that sure, TV advertising? But you're not on CBS that first day right, of the right. week anyway. Even with majors, you're not on CBS those days. I want to see the prize the money. I want to see what the prize money is going to be now. I want to want to know how much money it's going to go up. I mean, the Live Golf they ever thrown out some serious dough out there. Four you know? million dollars for every winner, every tournament. Didn't matter where it was. Three days of golf. If you win a Live Golf event again with a smaller field. And probably not as good a field as you would face in some PGA events. $4 million for you, plus any team money that you earn on the weekend. I think the people who compete in the majors might be most happy about this because we know the Saudis are going to be pumping money into this new combined organization. They're going to be pumping money into all these tournament purses, right? And they just had raises, notably in a couple of the majors. That's not going to stop. 
Is that going to, is that going to have more people tune in because there's more money at stake? I don't think that's going to have anything to do no, with it. No, I think it goes back to your other point of the fact that the field is going to be as strong as a major in more weeks than not, which we haven't had for the last couple of years with the split. Oh, that'd be great. Might might see Tiger and Phil in the running now a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. in majors. Days. I mean, they've said that they could still compete in majors even at their age and at Tiger's health. The names are there. Uh, that's really what draws eyeballs, right? Names. It's what we were talking about with NBA ratings. They're not the names that people liked in the past, and so the ratings are down compared to other NBA finals. There's no Steph versus LeBron like we used to get. It doesn't matter that Jokic is frankly one of the best players on the planet and has been for a few years now it's just the names are not there and bringing ratings down what was going through monahan's mind when he was getting this deal done oh boy they're going to be calling me a hypocrite yeah. after it's all said yes done. absolutely <laughs> absolutely they are I, I think he would have had to have sold his soul by the time he shook hands last night and said you know what we'll go on tv and announce this in the morning because i don't see how you can live with yourself and i mean that professionally how you can live with yourself having battered the opposition tour as much as you have and anybody who defected from your precious pga the last two years and now you get in bed with the saudis like this you are a hypocrite be sure to catch live editions of the jason smith show with mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, good evening, everybody. Steve DeSager, Arnie Spanier, right here on Fox Sports Radio, live at the TireRack.com studios. I hate that song. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> well, uh, sitting in for the guys tonight, Jason Smith and his best friend, Mike Alex Harmon. loves that song. <laughs> I do. Uh, let's get to our guest. You hear him on weekends late night. Uh, he's out there in Las Vegas. It's our buddy, Bernie Fratto. How you doing, Bernie? Boy, I got to tell you, anybody that doesn't love Tears for Fears, man, you don't like home cooking. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I love it. Hey, Bernie, right off the bat, what is going on with the Oakland A's? I thought it was a done deal or sure deal. Some people saying there's a little bit of a hiccup going on. Um, what, what, what? Give us the scoop. What's going on there? So I've been saying all along it's a 50-50 deal. Not that it's not going to happen. It's just been misreported, I think, journalistically irresponsible. So Monday night at midnight, the 82nd legislative session here in Nevada adjourned. And as such, they did not vote on SB 509, which was the state bill to bring the A's to Vegas. But what's happening here, it's ironic, has nothing to do with the deal and more to deal with political brinksmanship. Here's what I mean by that. Our, our new governor, Joe Lombardo, said he would not sign any bills that would implement the state budget until his priorities are passed. But the Democrats in their part of the legislature have said, we're not going to move forward with any policy bills until the budget's approved. And so you've got a real standoff here. So Lombardo Friday night announced a veto of the state budget, and they basically said, we're not passing any bills until you pass the budget back and forth, and we're just repeating ourselves here. So we have a standoff. Now, moles tell me probably within the next 30 days uh, there will be a special session which will ultimately get scheduled. And by the way, even to get the Raiders and Allegiant Stadium built, it required a special session as well. And my moles tell me, people I trust, that somehow they're going to probably still squeeze this thing through. Now, the holdup, of course, was $380 million in public funding, which is going to be, you know, that gap is going to be bridged by bonds and a tax district, whereby all the businesses and resultant commerce around the stadium restaurants, bars, uh, commercial property, etc. The property taxes, the payroll taxes, the sales tax would go towards paying that down. But again, it's more of a political football than anything else. And I would stay tuned and watch over the next 30 days. We'll see what happens. Bernie, I knew the resort fee would get up to $100 a night eventually. I think this is gonna, <laughs> how it's going to happen with Las Vegas tourists. Uh, now, isn't it possible that you mentioned the governor? Maybe he loves this idea of bringing a baseball team there and would be happy to fund it, but he just sees a chance for leverage? Well, you're on the right track in that both sides are looking for leverage. Uh, the The governorship of Joe Lombardo was won in a very hotly contested fashion by a thin margin because Nevada has been primarily a Democratic state and 
Joe Lombardo's a Republican. I think he would like to see the Okanese here, but not until other things are handled first. And even with the situation of the Raiders coming in, how popular and how successful that's been, there was a lot of pushback because schools have stepped up. There are a lot of factions that are saying, wait a minute, how can we fund a stadium when Nevada ranks 48th in school funding and, and things of that nature? So Joe Lombardo's trying to please everybody a little bit. And, and the bottom line is, I think, again, it's back to political brinksmanship where they're trying to steer each other down. You mentioned the taxes. Why not just tax the tourists? You know, one of those half percent sales Hey, that's tax. us. Hey. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. You were a quarter percent sales tax. Why not just say uh, a half percent or something like that to get all the money, Bernie, for rental cars, hotel rooms, stuff like that? Not a bad idea. I don't think that they can run that one up the flagpole. They did that for the Raiders. you got to remember, guys, one of the things that's not talked about is that the appetite for the Raiders to come here was phenomenal. But the appetite for the A's to come here is far less. And often people think, well, Vegas got the Raiders, so hey, we'll just get the A's too. Two dramatically different situations. One of the reasons the Raiders' location was so successful is back in 2016, a gentleman named Sheldon Adelson, he's the CEO of Sands, who really liked Mark Davis and wanted to help him get a stadium because that's all Davis ever wanted in Oakland. He pledged $650 million of his own money. Wow. And because... He was a political power broker. He got the CEOs of MGM and Caesars on board, and they were off and running. Now it's on the desk of Governor then Brian Sandoval. Sandoval convinced the state legislature that a new stadium would completely solidify Las Vegas as an international tourist attraction, given all the additional events, and it's in fact worked great. Game, set, match. There was still opposition. Unfortunately, today... Sheldon Adelson is no longer with us. Rest in peace. And Governor Sandoval is no longer in office. So six, eight, ten weeks ago, when people are reporting A's to Vegas, I'm saying, wait a minute. We've got no stadium rendering, no architectural firm that I know. Tax district proposed. That's been re- that's been rebuffed. They don't raise enough money. 400,000 transient tourists correlated to come into A's home games. That's been overstated. This thing looked completely dysfunctional. <laughs> They're trying to shoehorn an unnatural situation. Eventually, it may still get done. Back in 2017, Adelson built up so much momentum that even when he retracted his $650 million promise when he couldn't reach an equitable deal with the Raiders, Bank of America stepped in and the rest is history. You don't have that kind of civic or private support now that you had then. Yet, yet, it's still at least a 50-50 deal. And again, I talked to two powerful people today who believes that it's going to happen. Comparison. At Dodger Stadium, you can buy a tour of the grand old place. At most, it's a $30 ticket. The Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, where the Raiders play, it's a $66 ticket just for the tour. Correct. No, wow. No drink added. No, Just the tour. So, no booze, huh? <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. It was a lot more state money that went into the football stadium that is even being proposed for the baseball stadium, right? No, 100% correct. And that's that's one of the reasons some people were so rankled. Uh, you know, it's been long since swept under the rug, but that stadium was hotly contested as well. And they had a game plan, and, you know, we knew the Raiders were coming. We were going to welcome them with open arms, and you had plenty of financial support irrespective of the public money. And you're right, Steve. It, I think it was about $750 million of public money. Which Mark Davis didn't have. Oh, no, he didn't have, but he had friends, yeah. like Sheldon Adelson, and he had support. And the irony here is 
my understanding, the Oakland A's very much blocked Mark Davis from getting a stadium in Oakland, and now he's happy to return the favor mm-hmm. here, although he doesn't have that kind of political capital. Bernie, I don't know if you can answer this one. What about an NBA team? I mean, you hear you keep hearing LeBron wants to have an NBA team, and it would be a perfect fit in Vegas. What any chance of that happening? I think there's a very high chance of that happening within five years. There's already Ooh. been a construction group out of Orlando that's built other arenas that's got land picked out. It's just a matter of being awarded the team. I would give that about a 95 percenter that wow. will have an NBA franchise awarded to Las Vegas in five years. And I'm glad you brought that up because if Vegas and you know, hell with the A's, we don't need you. I'm told Nashville, I believe, will get a an expansion baseball team within the next five to seven years. And I believe Vegas would get one too. And they want a team now. They'd take Oakland. And so would Salt Lake City. And so would Portland. And so would Charlotte, North Carolina. So this is really an odd, weird uh, ordeal. And I understand John Fisher, the billionaire heir to the Gap Fortune, not real popular up in Oakland. He hasn't been you know, particularly impressive in these, in these proceedings. Be that as it may, everything I've said, I still think it's at least a 50-50, if not more, this still happens. I do believe that you're right on track that NBA expansion to Vegas, a Vegas home team in the NBA, is quite possible and fairly soon. The commissioner kind of addressed this recently when he spoke to the media at the finals, saying, first and foremost, we've got media negotiations going on for our next big TV contract. Once those are complete, we'll turn to expansion. But yeah, Vegas has even been floated before. Why wouldn't it be attractive now? Because all of the barriers that were there before don't seem to exist now. Well, it'll be very attractive. You're spot on. Uh, Let's go back to the All-Star Game in 2007. It was very well attended. Uh, It was a crazy event. Fast forward to the current status. I think the NBA will take care of Seattle as well. And uh, they'll, they'll, they'll add two teams, and I think Vegas will be the second team. And given the growth of uh, NCAA tournaments here, and we're going to have a Final Four here, and all the regional tournaments now and all the conference tournaments have been going on, it's proven that this is a tremendous international destination that people will come. They will come. They will support an NBA team. And for folks familiar with Las Vegas Boulevard, south of Tropicana, heading toward the (laughs) M Resort on St. Rose, there's a plot of land there Mm. that I think's already been picked out. So I think that part's a no-brainer. And you're right, Steve, they've just got some inner business to work on, including ratification the new CBA, which should probably happen in the next few months. Once those two bits of business are done, I think they'll look ahead to expand. Unfortunately, that plot of land means they'll be tearing down the Circle K I go for the Great Slurpees. <laughs> Gonna have to find another location, but other way to South Point, I can find another. I love it. Uh, Bernie, big goals, by, eh? Yes. <laughs> Bernie, by, by the way, um, NBA Finals, one game apiece. Uh, still, though, Denver, the favorite. Was it two and a half still? Is it holding steady at that? Who do you like in game three? And um, is, is Miami ever going to be favored? Well, the series price still has Denver a fairly prohibitive favorite, considering it's a best of five now, and Miami's got home court advantage. Denver's minus 270, meaning you have to put up 270 to win 100. Denver, depending on where you shop on the road tomorrow night, minus two to minus two and a half. About 76% of the tickets have come in on Denver, so you're seeing support. I am a firm believer of the zigzag theory in the NBA. Miami couldn't throw a pee in the ocean the first game, and then they couldn't miss <laughs> the other night, so I think you see it you know, revert back. And Mike Malone sat his team down through a grueling film session and pointed out 17 missed assignments that led to 40 points. I think you'll see a very focused Denver team Wednesday night. You're the perfect person to ask about this with Vegas in the Stanley Cup 
final. And as I referenced, barriers have been broken compared to how Vegas and Vegas teams were viewed. Wasn't it the case when UNLV was a college basketball champion in that era that you could bet on college basketball but not UNLV? And what are the attitudes once hockey got there with their own team in town? So the 1990-1991 teams that Jerry Tarkanian coached uh, that both made the finals, one was the championship team in ninety. You could not bet on on the Vegas UNLV run of Rebels in. That was overturned around 1999. That changed uh, because of the Vegas Golden Knights here. The sports books love that. The handle here on the Vegas Knights is astronomical. There are so many checks and balances now in organizations like U.S. Integrity to find you know any indiscrepancies or any untoward action. That that those things are kind of a thing in the past in terms of uh, the integrity of betting here in Las Vegas, particularly on a Vegas-based team. There's no issue there. But I will tell you, whenever the Knights are playing, the handle is through the roof, and they are a prohibitive favorite to win the Stanley Cup Finals. Now they're minus five fifty. If you are feeling a little saucy and you think Florida can come back plus four forty, I can tell you about seventy-seven percent of the tickets are on the Florida Panthers for. Thursday night's game. They're minus 119. And we do know, it's been reported a thousand times now, that NHL teams in the Stanley Cup Finals that go up 2-0, they're 31-3 and to close the deal. But I closed one of the, I covered one of those three comeback teams back in 2009 when the Red Wings got out to a big lead against the Pittsburgh uh, uh, Penguins. And next thing you know, it's Game 7 in Detroit and Joe Louis Arena. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury broke the hearts of the Detroit Red Wings. So the Stanley Cup Finals are an entirely different animal. Florida kept fast company. They were down to Boston 3-1. to They came back. They were down a minute to go in Game 7. So I I don't know. They've lost their composure and give top credit to the Vegas Knights. Aiden Hill's inner, you know, he's he's, he's channeling his inner Ken Dryden. It's unreal. (laughs) And so you've got to give them a a top credit. But until, until they won that fourth game, you can't celebrate yet because the Stanley Cup uh, final is its own entity. And that I stat know, you gave yeah. is correct, by the way. The 2-0 series lead since the late 1960s expansion. In other words, since the NHL became a real league. Uh, you almost always win the title going up 2-0 in the final. And two of the three, Steve, have basically been in the last 12, 15 years. Remember, Boston did it in 2011 against Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And after the series is over, Vancouver burned down the city. If you guys remember <laughs> yes, those great yes. visuals. So anything uh, can happen. Look. You know me. I, when it comes to the world of sports, I, you know, Bob Euchre once hit a home run off Sandy Koufax, so anything can happen. Yeah, that, that's for sure. You know, I know you heard us talking about this before you came on. Unbreakable records, whether it's baseball or not. Did you have a few that you wanted to give Bernie or what? Well, there's one I'm quite sure that will never be broken. Back in 1938, a guy by the name of Johnny Vandermeer who threw two consecutive yep. no-hitters. Back so back someone's going to have to throw three consecutive no-hitters. <laughs> and what's interesting, he almost blew the second game. He walked the bases loaded with two outs and who comes up to the bat Leo DeRocher and he pops off for the final out but Johnny Vandermeer in his third start had a no hitter going into the fourth inning Wow! so he went 22 straight innings without giving up a hit which is also a broken record the reason I you know of course I'm being facetious right about the record but you know you think about it guys there was a time when people said no one will ever break Babe Ruth's home run record, or Roger Maris's single-season record, or Ty Cobb's career hits, or Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played. Those seem astronomical. Those seem insurmountable. You just never know. But, man, throwing three no-hitters in a row, I don't know. I can't see that happening. <laughs> uh, you got to check out Bernie every Saturday and Sunday. Bernie, we appreciate it, my friend. We'll definitely do it again. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, Every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, good evening, everybody. Steve DeSager, Arnie Spaniard, sitting in for the guys, Jason Smith and his best friend, Mike Harmon. By the way, the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter at Stick of Genius One. Griddles McBlackout uh, sends this one in. <laughs> okay. Favorite unbreakable record for Nan- This is We should have guessed this one right off the bat, Steve. Fernando Tatis hitting two grand slams in one inning. Yeah, senior. Yeah, senior. Against the Dodgers. You wrote Fernando Tatum, but Fernando Tatis. Yeah, because no batter is probably going to come up three times in an inning, (laughs) much less three times with bases loaded, much less three grand slams in an inning. So kind of like the the Vandermeer no-hitter thing, you're correct. That's a good one. That is a good one. We should have thought about that. That, uh, 
that's never going to be broken. Like you said, forget about forget about even hitting two grand slams in yeah. one inning. I don't think that could even happen. Yeah, no. even the Tatis Jr. won't be breaking that because even if he gets a chance to come up a third time, his shoulder will probably be out of whack with that swing, and he'll be out of the game by then anyway. You know, I don't have the story in front of me, but isn't it Dodgers' 50th anniversary for the infield, that famous infield that stayed together so Back long. Back in the 70s. I heard they're going to be coming out and throwing out the first pitch. Really? With Ron Say, Russell, Lopes, and Garvey, right? Got yeah, because right. Garvey had been a third baseman with the Dodgers and wound up MVP 1974 as a first baseman because they didn't have to throw as much there, and so it worked out. He could always field, but the throwing across wasn't good. And what did they all hit? Was it 20 home runs or 30? It wasn't all of them, but it was four Dodgers with 30 home runs. No, it was all them. It was the infield. Wasn't it? it was the no, because Dusty Baker was part of the team oh, that, yeah, 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 that yeah, hit yeah. 30. But this is in the 1970s also with the Dodgers. They went what? to the World Series 74, 77, Their 78. Their infield stayed together eight and a half years. You don't have that anymore. That was awesome, no, man. No, And remember, Tommy Lasorda, for a lot of them, was their minor league manager. He became, he was third base coach when they started in the majors. He became Dodger manager 1977. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I went to a lot of Dodger games with my friends. And uh, that was the infield. And what a blast, man. What an absolute blast that was. Yeah. And, and by the way, we were talking about Steve Yeager. Remember when he got that bat accidentally stuck You mentioned that last night, and yeah. that was correct. What you said was it was on a Monday night baseball game, so the national audience saw it. And remember, there were fewer channels back then, so a lot of people saw it. I think and he it was, was on deck, right? Yes. Bill Russell was batting in San Diego. And his wood bat broke in half on the swing. So the end part of the bat swung around behind his shoulder all the way to the on-deck circle. And the sharp part of the broken bat impaled his own teammate in the throat and dropped him right there in the on-deck circle. Yes, And the game obviously was paused and he had to have surgery to close a now hole in his neck. When he finally returned, remember he was a catcher for the Dodgers for many years. Him and Joe Ferguson, I believe. That's right. They used to... to, Sometimes trade off and Ferguson could play with the outfield with that great arm. But as you brought up last night, the whole thing of having a hard plastic attachment to the bottom of the catcher's mask to protect the throat originated with that injury. Boy, how we forget stuff like that. Fifty Was that 50 years ago or something to that effect? I no, guess. it wouldn't be that long because yeah. I remember it. Something that you remember would be 50 years ago. <laughs> it couldn't have possibly been that long. That And that infield was iconic, was it not? Or yeah, what? and it's exactly what a sports fan would want for his team is that you get to root for the same guys year after year. It's what Lakers and Celtics fans have enjoyed over parts of the histories of their teams, for example. Not just titles, but you feel like you get to know the guys and you always refer to them by their first name in conversation. Yeah, L.A. was very familiar with that crew. Was Jimmy Wynn at the Toy Cannon? Was he on that team? 1974. That was... That's when he busted out and the Dodgers made the World Series. And the pitching staff was Tommy John. and That's right. It... People don't remember still. I mean, there are so many... Bert new, Hoot or Doug Rao? Yes, and new generations come in when you hear, like the injury we talked about tonight, it could be Tommy John surgery for pitcher Jacob deGrom starting his huge five-year deal with the Rangers. He already had Tommy John surgery when he started his minor league career. It is called that because Dodger My kid pitcher... that's an underwear. He goes, that's an underwear, <laughs> no. Tommy John. I know. The man's last name, <laughs> John, was on the back of his jersey, and he had... 
believe it or not, an elbow problem in 1974 on the team we're talking about on the Dodgers that wound up winning the pennant. And he didn't wind up pitching the second half of the year because he was hurt. And so the team doctor, famed Frank Job, created yes. a surgery that didn't exist for athletes before. <laughs> what if we take a ligament from somewhere else, like down by your ankle, and cut that out and sew it into your elbow and create the connection so you have essentially a new ligament. You'll have to be out a year, year and a half while it grows together and be careful on the rehab. But now it's, I won't say commonplace, but... It's 40%. I, I was reading that today, actually. I have the, I, I have the article saying like 40% of... Um, yeah, it's common to hear surgery. about it. Put it that way. I'm not saying every other pitcher is doing that, but it's getting that way. And sometimes more than one, Tommy John, all from that 50 years ago. Unbelievable. What an iconic team. What a great... You'll have to go to that game to say, right? No, you go to some of the games, right? You go out there. Uh, less since the pandemic, but yes. Definitely, man. If you're going to go to one, it would be that where these guys are coming out to throw out the first pitch. And I didn't even know they were still around. So that's awesome. All right, look, three hours are in the books. The bonus hours coming up next. No guests scheduled. So just you and I, the Sager, talking to the world. Uh, we'll finish up that whole golf thing. Uh, we got to get into the NBA Finals. You know, we do have a NBA Finals going on. Game three tomorrow. My goodness, it's so far on the back burner. So we got to touch on that. We got some NFL to get to. All that coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.